kills it. Please believe it. So I'ma spit lyrics up, keep it believing. And I'ma always be me. I keep it a hundred. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for a brand new episode of Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast. And this episode is just as special as the others. However, anytime I have somebody on the uh, podcast, it's a little bit more special. Um, And the reason that's a little bit more special is because everybody has something to bring to the table, which is why you're going to be seeing this particular episode and maybe others um, entitled, I've got a story to tell. And that is because we're going to be talking to somebody who indeed has a story to tell. I'm not going to tell y'all any part of her story. I'm going to let her tell it to you, but she is a mom. She's a sister. She's a friend. She is a daughter. If you looked up the words funny, real, and gratitude in the dictionary, you probably see her photo. Um, I am talking none other than Miss Mallory Rawls. Welcome to hey. the podcast. Hey, Terry. Thank you. Thank you. How how you feeling? I'm excited to be here. I'm excited. I got a story to tell. I'm a- a- you sure do. And I'm glad. I'm thankful that you uh you chose to tell it here. Of course. So you know, I'm thankful for that. Um, and we're gonna get right into it. So your story is the story of a survivor. Right. You know, so it's it's how I survived. Right. I got a story to tell of how I survived. Right. And that's what we're going to do today. So you have a particular kind uh, or you had a particular kind of cancer. Right. And I say you had because it didn't have you because uh, you took that sucker and you did what you did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so paint the picture for the people that are listening and start with when you thought that something might be wrong or when you went to the doctor um, and then the doctor came in and gave you the news after they called you back after, you know, a few tests had been run and just, just paint the picture for us on what was happening, how you were feeling, what it was like when you got the phone call that you needed to come back to the office, and then what it looked like when you got into the office. Okay, so um, well, what caused it or what started it was stomach pain. It was like um, a heartburn, um, real severe, real bad. I'm talking about wake you up out your sleep. I ignored it for a very long time. Um, this one night, I couldn't ignore it. I get up. I'm like bent over. I'm in so much pain. I'm like, you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to make a um, doctor's appointment. Um, I make a doctor's appointment and I go and they told me because of the um, the way I was describing it, I would have to get an endoscopy. Um, and that's when they put you to sleep, stick a camera down your throat and, you know, monitor what's going on down there. Um, I go and get all that done. Um, like without any worries, like it was just like cancer would have been the last thing on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and they called me, they called me with the results and they, Hey, um, we found an ulcer and I'm okay. They, so take this medicine. And in six months, um, we're hoping that the ulcer will shrink and we can move forward. I'm okay. Yeah, fine. Cool. Um, that was maybe a Thursday that Monday they called me. Hi, we're just checking to see, um, if you're okay. 
from the visit, you know, check and make sure everything, how the medicine's working. Everything's great. Thank you so much. Okay. They call me again. I'm like, okay, now how many times do y'all verify or make sure I'm good after my visit? It's appreciative, but Lord. So I'm like, um, hey, what's up? And it was like, um, you know, the lady started off with, I'm sorry, this was on March the 19th. Okay. And I'm on the phone with my girlfriend and I get a, another call from them. And at this time I, I, I know their number. So I'm like, hold on, this is the doctor calling me. So I click over. And again, I'm thinking they're just about to call and confirm and make sure I'm okay. Mm-hmm. She starts off with, after she asks for me, she starts off with, um, we don't normally get bad news over the phone. Now, mind you, this is COVID, so I can't come in the office. This is right. the beginning of COVID, so we playing around with it still. It ain't killed nobody yet. It just came about. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, what you got to tell me? Because they already told me it was an ulcer. Um, I got to shrink it and come back in six months. She will know we actually tested the ulcer and it came back cancerous. I'm like, oh, what that mean? She was like, it means you have stomach cancer. From that, I would be lying if I say I heard anything else come out of her mouth because I mm-hmm. went into like a daze. Um, I felt I wanted to feel scared. I wanted to feel like how a normal person would feel just hearing that they're diagnosed with cancer. Right. And for some reason, I couldn't. I could not feel scared. I couldn't. I felt okay. I felt it was so it's so hard to describe because I, I didn't feel anything. And I'm just like, okay, so what do I do next, miss? And she was like, well, you have to make appointments, but you know, with COVID, they're not seeing nobody in the office and you can't tell somebody that you just diagnosed with cancer, these things. That they can't come to um, Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, so what I got to do? Like, what's my next steps? I'm like, okay. She like, well, um, you need some paperwork, some referrals and things to come pick up from the office. We can leave it in the mailbox for you because you can't come in. I'm like, okay. When I hung up with her, I called my sister and I tell her she immediately start crying. I'm talking mm-hmm. about crying, crying. And sadly, that's not what I needed right then and there. I needed some encouragement because I'm still I'm able to encourage myself. I've always been into my word and I I never accept pity or or sympathy from friends, family members. I immediately go to my word. Mm-hmm. And just this one time it happened so quickly and caught me so off guard. Till I'm just like, listen, they saying I got um stomach cancer. And then the crying and the, it was so discouraging. It was almost as if I told her I was dying. And sadly, that's what you get when you hear cancer. You think death. Right. Um, so I, I had to hang up with her and I called my girlfriend back. And I'm um, I'm like, that was the uh the doctor. They were saying that I got cancer. She, oh my God, you lying. She, you want to pray? And that's exactly what I needed at that moment. And this is the girlfriend that I always go to for this. Like, we're not one of the girl. Guess who? No, we strictly, like, she keep me in my word. And I love it. I love her for it. Mm-hmm. So she's like, um, you want to pray? And then she get her girlfriend on the phone. And her girlfriend like, well, I'm going to fast for you. And I'm going I'm to pray because I've been here before. My mom is a cancer survivor. So this story is not unfamiliar for me. And it just was so encouraging. And I'm just like, I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. And um, and then it, it went from there. It, it went to trickling down and having to tell the family. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was again. I don't like the the sympathy and the pity part of it. So I'm like, how can I tell them without them feeling bad for me? Because I don't want that. Right. So that's just what I had to work on with that part, like just how to tell my family. Wow. And I, I mean, I I couldn't imagine what could have been going through your mind, or because in in the moment when you hang up for however long. You're alone. 
It's dark. It's just you. Yeah, you're mind. in your head. Yeah. And of course, the enemy yeah. creeps in and tries to tell That's you true. everything is wrong and Absolutely. nothing's going to be okay. Um, so when you first started, you said that you had the pain, you had mm -hmm. the signs of the pain, but you ignored it. Yep. Why, why did you ignore it? It wasn't even as bad as um, that night. It was just like, like, it was like some heartburn. So not too much of an ignore. I would take like um, Tums, okay. just normal stuff that you would take for heartburn. Cause again, right. I'm cancer is the last thing I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Like I, and I'm not one to run to Google. Oh, I'm having these pains. Cause that's the first thing it tell you anyway. Like Google tell you the first, the worst thing. Right. So I'm just like, I ain't like, it, it was nothing. It was so nothing until this one night it was like, whoa. Mm. Like it ain't never been this bad. And for it to creep back up. Cause it went away for long periods of time. I'm talking months. It will go away. And then this one night when it came back and you could feel it, it's like, oh, this heartburn coming back. Mm -hmm. And it came back to where it's three o'clock in the morning. And I'm literally hunched over my bed debating if I want to go to the emergency room or not. And I'm like, wow. all right, let me stop playing because this is serious. Like it burnt so bad. Not a tum, not a nothing I was taking was working. Hmm. And that's when you know I need to do something and bigger than. And that's when I knew. Right. That's when I, working in healthcare, um, we, we always know or hear patients say like, listen to your body. Your body mm -hmm. don't lie. And I'm like, I've been ignoring my body for quite some time. And yeah, it, it was tired of being ignored. It, yeah. It clean up. <laughs> and, and that's what a lot of people do. We we do ignore the signs. We think that we are the physician and that WebMD will get us through. But we ignore that. No, we need to figure this out. Like, let me go and let the professionals who have studied this and know the science tell me, right. no, it's just a stomach ache right. um or you know and in your case thank god that you did follow up um but in your case stomach cancer right that which is what it was now when you were diagnosed how old were you i was 31 i'm lying 30. i was 32 i'm 32. 33 okay. now i was 32 yep i was diagnosed on march the 19th of 2019 of 2020 20 okay 19, sorry 2019 so it's not a no. 2020, sorry. <laughs> listen, 2020. Because I erased the day. I erased it. Once I had my search, listen, I erased that day. I was like, Lord. I get it. But I'm sorry. No, it was of this year. It was 2020. Okay. And, and 2020 has been a whirlwind. So mm. dates do mix together. Some people mm. probably forget how old they are right now. Listen, I'm <laughs> but, but you said you were in your 30s. So yep. it's not a something that happens to old people. And it's, it's so surprising because the doctors, every doctor that I went to visit was just like, wow, you're so young mm. after they would see the diagnosis. And mm -hmm. it was to the point where that's all I would allow it to be a diagnosis. I wouldn't you. I have never said out my mouth. I have cancer. Mm. I've always said I was diagnosed with cancer. I never claimed it. I knew that it was just. It was it was a test from God. He he wanted my attention. God, God wanted my attention and everything that has happened. Like God is so intentional and everything mm -hmm. that has happened from the phone call up until today has been, he, God has been so intentional. And so he spoke to me so clear. Like I said, I've always been a woman of God, but I've never, never in my life experienced God, like how I experienced God this year. The voice. And I'm talking about, it went from like, if I can just real quick, go a little bit further on so that the, your audience can understand like what I'm talking about as I get deeper into what I'm saying, um, July of 2019, I got engaged and you talk about the happiest time of my life, the happiest time. 
one of the happiest times of my life. And um, maybe February, um, due to some infidelities, the engagement got called off. Um, I won't say on whose part, but the engagement got called off. And um, so that happened. That was that was one thing for me. And then um, later on, February, like uh, the end of February, maybe 1230 at night, um, I'm in the bed sleep and I hear a big boom and um long story short the big boom is my 14 year old daughter in the bathroom shaking like a fish out of water having a seizure for the very first time I had never we didn't even know she had seizures this was her very first one and as a team and now they're not in school right now they're doing Mm -hmm. like the zoom thing and I I hear the boom and this is at 1230. I didn't go to her until 1245 because just like any teenager, she's in the bathroom doing TikToks. Mm-hmm. Um, music is blasting. It's just being a regular teen. So I'm just like, what is she in there doing? Like, why is it all these booms? And as I go to open the door, I can't because her feet is blocking the door. And I peek through the door and she like, again, she's like a fish out of water, just shaking. So with the the um, engagement being called off and then my daughter being diagnosed with epilepsy and then me being diagnosed with cancer. Um, stomach cancer, that was already an eye opener. Mm-hmm. And you would think from that moment, it would have been enough for me to just break. And I couldn't, I wanted to so bad. Like I, I didn't want to handle it. I didn't want to be strong. I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to read my word. I didn't even want to believe what the scriptures was telling me. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the feeling that I felt, it was so crazy because all I could do is read the word. That's all I could do. And I'm not about to sit up here and make it like I'm one that just grabbed my Bible and read it. No. I'm to the point where certain scriptures were brought to my attention and, and it was just, it was crazy. It, it, no, not crazy. It was amazing. It was an amazing experience. And, um, it, that's what kind of made it hard to get into telling my family because they figure I already been through so much. So they already was doing a sympathy pity thing for me. And I like that. And then with my daughter, we don't know what's triggering these seizures. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure telling you, your mom just got diagnosed with cancer ain't going to be the easiest thing. So I'm like, do I tell her? Do I not tell her? But now you got the family moping around the house. My mom is crying every five minutes. Mm -hmm. She's looking around like, why is everybody crying? And I'm like, I got to be the one to tell her this. So I did tell her no Googling, don't Google it. Um, Just trust what I'm telling her. I'm okay. Um, I just got to have surgery and it'll all be, you know, over and done with. And and she was okay with that. Um, She did ended up having another seizure. It wasn't due to any of my, um, Right. Like what I was going through, but she did end up having another seizure. We were able to get her on medicine or whatever. And she's been good, but 20, that's, that's just my 2020 in like the first part of it. Mm-hmm. That's just the so, first part of it. So, so with, you know, we, you were talking about the scriptures and how different scriptures had been coming to you, but at any time, um, especially, you know, you, the doctor calls and gives you a diagnosis and then, your daughter receives a diagnosis. Was there at any time, any point where you found it difficult to maintain faith in God? Not one time. The only, That's the only thing I wanted to do. And it, it, it had me like, again, always been a woman of God, but mm-hmm. I would be in my room and I would cut off all the lights and I would softly play gospel music and I would just worship, like just, I'm talking about like not ask for nothing, but just worship because even in spite of, it could have been so much worse. Like I'm talking about what, so going into 
So after you get the call that you got cancer, you immediately start having appointments, right? Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that I'm telling you, COVID is just starting. So so hospitals and doctors' offices are already taking certain precautions. You can't come in the office. You got to do a televisit, and I got to do right. a Zoom visit. I can't. I need to be in your face because this is so serious to me. Mm-hmm. I need to know what's happening, right? So I make an appointment, um, and I go um, to the appointment, and I've never, I, to this day, I can't tell you what stage I was at. Cause I, again, I didn't claim this cancer. I didn't want to know nothing about it. Just tell me what I need to do to get it up out of me. That right. was my whole thing. So as I'm going to, um, as I'm going to these appointments, I'm going alone. I can't have nobody with me cause it's COVID. Now, surprisingly, every doctor's appointment I went to, I was able to go. I didn't have to do a zoom. I didn't have to do it over the phone. I went and met my oncologist. I went and met the surgeon. I had to get another endoscopy done just so they can know what was going on. It was just, and I'm talking about these are appointments where I'm putting put, I'm getting put to sleep. Right. And as I don't care, 33 or 100 years old, I want my mom. Mm-hmm. I want some comfort. I need somebody there, right? And I've never felt that. I can say that's what I wanted, but I've never felt like, dang, I'm by myself. I'm alone. Every time I had an appointment. And this appointment, the second endoscopy I had to get, I had to get at six o'clock in the morning. So my dad dropped me off. And he like, can you just go ask him if I could just at least sit in the hallway? And I I didn't want that. I wanted it to be me and God because I know that was what God's intentions was. This whole, like you gave me cancer through this pandemic. And it was just, oh, I'm sorry. This is my first time. No, talking, it's understandable. It's so... um. just take your time it's so rewarding it's so like because you chose me and I could be saying that differently you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like why did you choose me but I know why you chose me and I'm sitting in this hallway about to have a second endoscopy and I'm I'm kind of nervous because now this endoscopy is to tell the doctors if it's spread it anywhere else and um like what stage it is and so on and so forth And all I'm thinking is like, wow, God, like you really, like, I just feel I'm calm and I'm too calm and I'm not nervous and my legs not shaking and like none of the stuff that happens before you have a procedure that's about to tell you if you have cancer all throughout your body. Right. And I'm just as calm as can be. And a member from my church uh, sent me a text. My appointment was at seven o'clock. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I can't believe I'm about to like take this on. Like, and I'm here by myself and I'm, and I'm, and I'm encouraged and I'm, I'm okay. And I got my, um, my, my headphones on and I'm listening to gospel and I'm okay. And then I get this text from my church member texting me this long prayer with saying everything that I needed to read. It was, mm. I'm talking about, it came through at 7 a.m. And I read it and I just started crying in a hallway and it was amazing. It was just so, it was so, it was so surreal oh god it was so surreal wow that is and 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 like what you're doing right now whether whether somebody's dealing with the same issue or whether it's something else you're now helping them you know and i know they say god doesn't give us our trials for us Mm -hmm. but for somebody else so you know your story is already great however only going to get greater mm-hmm. as you meet 
other people going through whatever it is that they're going to go through so that you can be a testimony to them, but then they can turn around and be a testimony to somebody else. Um, So is there a family history of any type of cancer in your family? Um, Yeah, my grandpa actually passed away from cancer. I want to say it was prostate cancer. Okay. Um, I'm I'm not sure, but I, I, I think it was prostate cancer. And then um, surprisingly, as I was going through, again, I wouldn't let people, um, call me with their stories. So mm-hmm. a lot of people and not even intentionally have a habit of, if you mention that you're diagnosed with cancers, oh, so-and-so had cancer and died or so-and-so had cancer and lived. I didn't allow it. And I didn't tell people only my immediate family knew. So friends and like, it's, no one knew. And you couldn't mm-hmm. even tell because I, I didn't come around moping. I was still me. I was still that funny playing around too much. I was still her. Right. Um, but I did, one girl did slip up and say like, oh my goodness, my aunt got stomach cancer right now and there's nothing they can do for her. And that mm-hmm. was kind of, and that's what made me say, you know what, I'm not telling nobody. Right. I'm not telling nobody else. Like, cause I don't want to hear that. Like that's not, and, and I, although I know that's not my story, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear that. That's very discouraging. And, and like I said, she didn't, I'm sure she wasn't trying to like make it like that, but you don't know how people will receive that information. Right. So um, I kept it from friends and family, like not trying to be like on no secret, but just because I didn't want to hear nobody's stories. Right. Um, um, when, when I did start to tell people, um, I didn't expect to get the response that I got like from them, like a lot of people was hurt by it, but my cousins, um, they called me and they like, Hey, we got bad news. And they, they're not the cousins that, that knew. Mm -hmm. Again, I only told mom, dad, sister, you know, and I'm like, well, what's like, what's wrong? What's the bad news? And a lot of people come to me like, um, because like to pray and to get encouragement and stuff like that. So my cousin is like, you know, my dad was just diagnosed with stomach cancer. I'm like, Hmm. She like, yeah, it's tearing me up. How do you encourage her? Like, how can I encourage her without letting her know that that's my story? So now I'm thinking, right, like uh, I had like all kinds of um, affirmations around my room and everything, like anything that I can do to encourage myself, I had it around the room. So I'm telling her the stuff that I will tell myself. So I'm saying things to her like, um, um, like, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know who's going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And, And, um like God had the solution before you had the problem. Like, so just, just trust God and just, and, 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 and like, just stay prayed up. And she is not one of the holiest ones. And she like, no, no, I ain't trying to hear none of that. Mm-hmm. She called me back a couple of weeks later and said, my dad passed away. I'm like, Ooh, like, I, I was like, okay, God. All right. Just right. like, come on, come on with it. Like I'm so ready. And that's just getting me in my word even harder because I'm encouraging her and mm-hmm. now I'm taking more notes because now I'm not even giving her the scripted of what I've been telling myself. Now I'm really getting into my bag with her and right. I'm getting deep. Now I got to take my own advice. Like, whoa, you just told her this. So now you you take your own mm-hmm. advice and, and encourage yourself. And and surprisingly, that helped me a lot too. And it was so sad for them. And I deal with death differently. Like I am uh, I'm one that believe to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I believe that when you pass away, you live every day like a Sunday. I believe that it's like it's 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 no more sickness there in heaven, and it's no 
is no killing and there's no cancer. It's none of that. So mm-hmm. I'm encouraging her these things and I'm telling myself like, you know what? And it's okay. And I'm okay with that. Like it is well. So you would just, I would just be walking around the house like it is well, it is well, it is well. But um, to answer your question, yes, I do have family members that have had cancer and passed away from cancer. And that, that, that power of the tongue. Mm. Like, speaking it as it, this is what it's going to be, That's you know, it. I'm going to be okay. That's it. I'm going to be actually better than okay, you know, and that's what I try to get people to understand is that affirmations are huge. Huge. What you put into the atmosphere is what you're going to get. So why not put positivity out into the atmosphere? Now, you were speaking on how people would call you and need encouragement from you and need, you know, affirmations from you and need scripture from you and need prayer from you, all these things that you're giving out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm pretty sure, you know, being someone who had been called and diagnosed with stomach cancer, you probably needed someone to be there for you. You know, support is real in whatever way you can get it. So do you feel that you were supported by family and friends during, you know, your time when you needed it the most. And if you were not supported, how did you overcome that lack of support? And when I, when I say supported, I mean, supported in the way that you needed to be supported, not supported in the way that someone's like, well, this is how I would want somebody to support me. Yeah. Um, well, again, I kept it private, so only told my immediate family. So those who knew, oh, the support was there, and okay. we respected each other, and we needed that respect for each other. And when I say respect for each other, I mean they understood not to bring me their stories of so-and-so with cancer. Hmm. And it's so hard to... Um, it was hard because they want to call and ask, am I okay? But on a day where I'm not thinking about it and I wake up and I'm just feeling good and then you get that call or that text from the person that knew and they're saying, hey, you okay? How you feel? Now you're thinking about it again. So it kind of, so I had, that's what I mean by the respect. Like, hey, y'all, I know y'all worried. I know y'all care. I know y'all love me. I know, I know, but can we don't do it? Cause y'all, y'all put me in that space. And I, I don't mean like no harm, but on a day that I'm doing good and not thinking about it, I want to stay that way. Right. I also want y'all to know that I'm doing good too. So it's like, how, how are we going to know you okay? And I was like, all right, well, let me just come to y'all if something is wrong. Let me come to y'all if I need y'all. If I don't, then let's not inquire about it because I'm okay. So we're going to just assume that I'm okay if I don't come to you. Mm. Okay. And they respected it. And um, I respected them. And I would just make sure I call and check on um, check on with them with, hey, I'm good today. Or, you know, just, just being my regular self. And after a while, like you would almost forget that I was diagnosed with cancer because everything started to become so norm. Right. So, and I've heard about the question of, are you okay? Mm -hmm. When it comes to people dealing with certain things. So would you recommend that if someone does know somebody who's going through something, whatever it may be, uh, whether it be cancer, whether it be bereavement, whatever, uh, do you recommend people not say are you okay? And try to find a different approach to getting to the person's feelings on how, what type of mood they might be in at that time. Mm. 
I think you have to know the person. Like, I'm not a are you okay type of person. Again, I'm the one that's always there. I'm the one that's always encouraging. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a are you okay person because, again, it's it's just going to take me back to what's bothering me. And, again, I was dealing with a lot. My daughter diagnosed with epilepsy. My engagement called off. I'm diagnosed. Like, So it was definitely a are you okay moment, but it was a let me come to you if I'm not okay. But um, advice for someone who would want to ask someone that question, why not? Because it's definitely a, um, a sign that you care. It, it, it definitely show that you care. However, don't impose. If I'm, if mm. I, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Don't argue sure it. Cause if Got it's it. something that I wanted to tell you, I would have told you. If right. it's something I wanted you to know, you would know. So don't, 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 don't force me to tell mm -hmm. you if I'm okay or not. Just respect that if it, if my answer is yes or no and if I go into it then I go into it and you be there and listen be that ear and if I don't all right so what you doing today like you know make it, mm -hmm. make it that normal for me or for them for whomever right and that, that makes complete sense because as a human race that is what we tend to do it's like are you okay and it's like oh yeah I'm good and we are it, it is it's kind of like um we've been programmed to say are you really okay instead of just accepting that the person has told us i'm good like, right and not know. even like to like to push it but like i said to know my story and all i was going through mm -hmm. are you sure is definitely an appropriate follow-up question because you figuring oh if it was me going through this 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 and this i would be this right you no know, you have to know this woman of god here mm. like to know and i'm telling you it terry i experienced God. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, everybody experienced God. When I got blessed with that job. Mm -mm. It's a different experience. A different experience. I cried two times out of this whole time. And one of the times included me worshiping. So that really don't count because mm. I cry every time I worship. Like I, right. I can't help it. Like the music be good. But mm -hmm. um, I cried like one time and it, it, it was just, it was so because I mean, I mean, I said, and I don't talk to God like where art thou? No, I'm talking mm. like how you and I are talking. Plain English. I'm in my room and I'm just like, you took my uncle from stomach cancer. You took, I'm sure a, a lot of people lost their lives to cancer or stomach cancer. And why wasn't it like, why, why wasn't it me? Mm -hmm. So my question to God was like, why, why wasn't it me? Like you got a purpose on my life. Right. And I'm going to serve this purpose. And I'm just like, everything was just, it was brought to me so clear. Like, again, God is so intentional. Everything that happened, let me tell you, when I started getting my chemo and the oncologist said, um, he just was breaking down to me everything that was going to um, like happen during me getting the chemo, hair loss. Um, sores in your mouth. You're not going to be able to eat or touch anything cold. Um, I'm talking about, I wish I had the list of things that takes place while being on chemo. And I'm reading this list and I can't believe it. And I'm just like, I am diagnosed with cancer. This is crazy. I'm about to be bald here. Like, no, with my eyebrows. And I'm asking them questions like, doc, so like, uh, I'm like, how long do you hear take to start coming out? And he like, well, it's normally during the second treatment and so on and so forth. So I get my first treatment and I'm okay. Like I'm not mm -hmm. sick. I'm not throwing up. I'm like, all right, cool. That wasn't too bad. And the way mine's work was I would go into the um, cancer center treatment, 
and you sit in this recliner and they plug you up to your port and you get in your chemo for three hours. And then when it's time to come home, they still have you hooked up to like this bag to where you're still receiving the chemo. So I got to carry around this bag. It does not come off. I got to carry around this bag. I can't get in the shower because the bag is like a pocketbook, but it got like the machine in there. Mm-hmm. And it's pumping out the chemo and it's, um, I got to have this on for 72 hours. So I'm like, all right, uh, uh, like, is it going to start? Like, am I going to wake up and just be born here? Like, you know, I'm just curious. Right. So he was like, um, I talked to, he was like, um, he gave me the information to the nurse and she was like, you know, from hearsay, it starts to come out during your second uh, chemo treatment. And yes, it's going to be coming out in like globs. Like it's going to be like patches of hair just coming out. And I'm like, all right, bet. I hit up one of my stylists, like, listen, I need a wig made. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay. Um, I get the wig made. I get two of them made. I get one in like a bob and one like a little curly one. And I'm home practicing in it. Now I go to uh, Target. I buy all these uh, makeup tools to try to like make my own eyebrows and get all this stuff done. And then my girlfriend tells me, oh, you can get the micro shading. And all these things is not cheap. Like I ended up right. a couple dollars for the wigs, a couple dollars for these eyebrows. And I'm just like, oh, all right, now I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Right. So then um, it's about time for my second um, treatment. And this is the one that's going to be taking your hair and stuff out. So I'm going in there prepared. Now, the, the nurse told me the best thing to do is to shave my own hair bald because seeing your hair come out is going to be like torture. Cool, miss, say no more. I call another girl. Hey, can you um shave my hair bald? She what? Um, I just need to be bald so I can get my wigs on and get like I'm preparing for this. Mm-hmm. The very last thing I did, which should have been the first thing I did, was pray. Right. So I pray. And I'm just like, uh, again, I'm not where art thou. I'm God. I'm very right. being bald. I'm scared I'm going to be ugly. I, I don't want people to know my business. And this is going to be a dead giveaway. And change it. Change the scenario for me. In mm-hmm. Jesus' name, amen. I go to get the uh, second chemo treatment. And my the oncologist comes in the room. And he's doing his regular thing. And he says, wow, I'm looking at your, um, your blood count. It doesn't look like I'm going to be able to give you the treatment that causes your hair to fall out. I'm like, huh? He, yeah, he, uh, he is, is different uh, kinds of chemo and the chemo that we have you on right now is not the chemo to take your hair out, um, mm-hmm. but we got to up it. So this was the up it one and this was the one that was going to take your hair out. But unfortunately your blood count is not going to allow us to do that. <laughs> now he's saying that. And in my head, uh-huh. I'm saying, unfortunately the blood count, no. Unfortunately that uh-huh. prayer, unfortunately God, her my prayer and he's just like you said you didn't want it but you don't went and spent two thousand dollars on these wigs when you, all you had to do was come to me mm-hmm. went and got them 350 dollars eyebrows on when all you had to do was come to me so mm-hmm. now you just got that and i'm not even going to take your hair out you're not even going to get that chemo wow. from then i'm just like at all i'm just like you know what so i just started god keep your hands on me god mm-hmm. order my steps that's it like if it's your will, let it be done. And that with before I ended my prayer, if it is your will, in Jesus' name, Amen. Right. So whatever I prayed for, it was always, if it is your will, in Jesus' name, Amen. So, so did you ever make it to your friend to cut all your hair off? Nope. Never, Never went. went. Why didn't you make it? Never went. Now, because, um, what happened with her when he? I said, uh, I, I I actually got scared. And I was like, you know what? 
I ain't going to just shave all my head bald. I'm going to let, I'm going to just let it fall out in globs because I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. I got my wigs and if it fall out, then we'll go from there. And she was like, okay. She was like, whatever you want to do. I'm like, once I see it start falling out, I could just come. She has her own shop. So okay. she's like, I'll open a shop and we'll just go and we'll take it all off. That first patch of hair you see come out. And I'm just like, to God be the glory. Because had mm-hmm. I would have went and got my head shaved bald, it would have been like, oh, it wasn't cancer. You can't blame cancer. It was mm-hmm. you. You did it. You didn't come to me. Right. So, <laughs> so so this friend, this particular friend did know about the diagnosis. She did. She was the okay. one that the girlfriend called and they were going to fast for me. And they were going, okay. they, these are the encouraging friends. These are the ones that I, her mom had it. So she was all the way familiar with the Got situation. It. Okay. So like there was already a starting lineup. You know, God is the captain and, you know, everybody was ready. It it was just in place. Let me tell you something else. And I'm sorry, I don't even know how long. No, listen, this is, this is, I've got a story to tell. And this is your story. Another intentional moment was, so the church that I'm talking about is Bethel Northeast. And um, I'm not even officially a member yet because of COVID. Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't had a chance to do like new members class and and any of that. Right. So um, where um, I get diagnosed and. I'm watching, uh, I'm watching uh, the church. I'm watching it via Facebook Live, and he's like, um, the pastor is saying, um, if you need prayer, just 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 give us a call or reach out to this number or email us at or DM us. We want to pray with you. And I call the number, and I leave a message, and I'm like, hey, um, this is Mallory, and you know I need prayer. I was just diagnosed with stomach cancer, and um, I visit your church with my girlfriend and, you know, um, I would really appreciate if someone would give me a call and just pray with me and encourage me and, you know, you know, uh, you know, keep my mind, like keep me focused and keep me mm-hmm. grounded and, 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 and remind me of where I come from. And I hung up and sure enough, the lady that called me back, she's like, Hey, and I'm like, Hey, and she was like, um, you know, I'm calling from Bethel Northeast. And um, I was told that you 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 asked for me. I'm like, asked for you like what? She was like, well, um, you know, they came to me saying that you mentioned me and that you needed prayer. I'm like, I mentioned you. Now I'm doing, I, of course, I don't want to say the names, but her mm-hmm. name is the same name as my girlfriend name. And my, I told you, I left them a message saying, I go to church with my girlfriend, but I said her name. And she right. like, well, I'm the one, you know, that's her same name. And she like, they told me that you asked for me. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry for the confusion. My girlfriend name is that. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, she like, well, while I got you, we might as well pray. We'll be praying for her. There it is. I said I was diagnosed with stomach cancer. She got quiet. I'm like, hello, hello. I'm checking my phone. Hello. She came back and said, I'm here. in this very calm, settled voice. I'm like, um, so you want to pray? She was like, yeah. So she started praying, going and I cried. I'm talking about snot was everywhere, all over my phone and everything. And at the end of the call, uh, she like, um, you know, I don't want to discourage you or anything, but I got a story to tell you. <laughs> I got a story to tell. And I'm like, what's wrong? And she like, um, I'm not going to tell you right now, but in due time. And I'm like, well, okay. Well, in due time came and she was like, she kept, she did not want to tell me. And me and her kept contact. She she was the one that called me when I was sitting in the doctor's office waiting to be called back to get my endoscopy. She was the one that sent me that text seven o'clock in the morning. Okay. And come to find out her son passed away from stomach cancer. Wow. 
And I'm just like, God, and she is the one that introduced me to the intentional word. Cause she's like, God is so intentional. And I'm like, this is just so, and, and her story is amazing. Like she wrote a, a book about her son and like how he touched so many people before he passed. It was just, everything just was happening. And I was calling her like, well, the doctor is saying that I should do this and do this. And she, yeah, well, yeah, well, do that and follow up with this. And she she knew the medical terminology for me mm-hmm. to go in and ask these questions and make sure they're telling you about the this and it is. So everything, when I say God has been intentional, everything just been happening like in order. And I was so at peace. And what are the odds that you got the same name as my girlfriend? Right. They think I'm calling to get you to particularly play for me. And your son, like it just, it was just. He makes no mistakes. None. He makes no mistakes. Like intentional. I'm like, what other word can you do? And I'm, I had to Google intentional and see like what the actual meaning was. Like, cause I mm. know what it means, but like to actually see the definition, I'm like, this, this is it. This is it. Like God, you are amazing. Amazing. And like you said earlier, it's power in the tongue. And I was like, I'm, I don't even want to say like, I'm glad to have been diagnosed with this cancer because it's, it's this experience was amazing. And I mean, this is such like, I, I hate that I had to be, that I had to go through it, but be, the way that I went through it, God, mm-hmm. you are good. You are good. You can't help but to praise God. Absolutely. Now, now what obstacles did you face during your treatment and how did you overcome those obstacles? Like I know you said, you had to, you know, have the the port and then you couldn't take a shower for 72 hours and things of that nature. What what else was there? It was my son was turning two and I was worried about having to wear the bag in front of everybody because then they would know. And we just again because of COVID, we just did like a little drive-by for him. Everybody rode passing their cars and happy mm-hmm. birthday. Um, lucky, luckily enough, I didn't, there wasn't, I would get the treatment every two weeks. So that wasn't during the week that I would have to have the treatment and have to have the bag. But there had been some, uh, there had been some, some parties and things that I had to go to wearing a bag and I would hide it. Like my cousin, his birthday is in June and he did a drive-by and I was on a treatment then. So I stayed in my car and nobody knew. Um, I didn't get out and celebrate. And I just kept blaming it on COVID. Um, that was my excuse for everything. Like, I can run, y'all. Uh-uh, this is COVID. We got to be six feet apart and social distancing. I played it off like that. But it was really right. because I was wearing a bag and I didn't want any questions as to, what's that? Why you got that on? Or every time I see her, like, she got this bag on. Like, what's going on with that? So mm-hmm. I uh, I had to stay away. That was the, the most of it. But other than that, nothing. God has been like just there. And again, I'm not trying to make this like, like all about God, but it's all about God because right. he, it like, is what it is. The, the stuff that you would think I would encounter with this, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't like all of the symptoms that I read on that paper. The the only symptom that I had was I couldn't eat or touch cold stuff. So going yeah. in the freezer, it would feel like, um, like a shock or eating something cold. It tastes horrible. And it was shocked. Like your throat, it, it was like a, it hurt a little bit. I can't think of what it feel like, but it, it it was just like a shock. So you knew better than to do it again. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing that I've um I've encountered with this whole chemo thing. Mm. So I, I can only imagine that there must have been 
or from, you know, what I've been hearing, maybe not, uh, but maybe, you know, sleepless nights or nights where all you could do was lay there and cry. What was that, you know, ever part of your experience? Never, never wow. part of the experience. The only thing that I would do was pray. I would listen to my gospel music. I would just pray. Um, sorry, a little interruption here. No, it's all right. Um, yeah, that was it. I've never, I never even thought of like death. I never th thought about like it spreading. I never thought. I never thought of anything negative. I mm -hmm. always, I just stayed prayed up. So a lot of my things was, I was watching um, Joe Oystein on TV and he said that his mom had been diagnosed with cancer and she would walk around just saying affirmations. So, and surprisingly, my mom told me like, if it wasn't for you doing it, I wouldn't have been encouraged. Like you encouraged me because this took me out. Like I didn't want to hear that my baby girl was diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. So every now and again, you'll hear me walking around the house, but mostly in the shower, I would walk around and I would say, um, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am more than a conqueror. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And by his stripes, I am healed. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like a robot. Right. So you would just hear me mumbling it, walking around the house, walking around the house until those words became like, reality and i and i actually believed it i i felt it i knew i am fearfully and wonderfully made and now i'm starting to go in um um like it it, it got it got to the point where i started telling people like oh yo i'm spoiled y'all better watch out for me because god don't play about me like he i hear that and um it's just like uh um, a lot of scriptures like um, lean not into your own understanding and mm -hmm. um, 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 what was my favorite scripture? Um, oh, my favorite scripture reading was um, give me a second. Oh, John 11, 4. When Jesus heard this, he said, the end of this sickness will not be death. No, this sickness is for the glory of God. This has happened to bring glory to the son of God. And I'm like, oh, say no more. So God, you just needed to use me to get the word out for you. Oh, say right. no more. Say no more. Now, at now, don't get me wrong. There was some times where I had to go to the oncologist and he would say, well, this next test that we're going to do is to see if it's spread. So, so now you're going home with, uh, mm. but once you get into your praying and your scripture, you start to be encouraged all over again. Right. So that's why it was important for me not to have everybody know, because as I'm trying to encourage myself and then you calling with your stories and oh, so-and-so died from that, it would have been yeah. real hard for me. It would have took a toll on me. Wow, that is, this has been truly amazing. Um, Now, from the time you found out until you found out that you were, it was no more, how, how long was that? Four months. I was diagnosed in March and I had my surgery in July. Okay. And it's crazy because one of my girlfriends said that to me, um, the number seven, what the number seven mean? Completion. Uh, completion. And eight mean like new beginnings or something mm -hmm. like that. And I had my surgery on July the 28th and I was released from the hospital August the 1st. So it was like completion, new beginning. Mm -hmm. And 
when that doctor came in that room, first of all, my surgeon, um, my oncologist told me like the surgeon only does surgeries on, was that a Tuesday or a Thursday? And when I went to go see him that week, I'm like, can we make my, I called it an eviction date. Can we make my eviction date for um, this upcoming Tuesday or Thursday, whichever date it was? And he was like, Mallory, come on. I'm like, please, I just wanted to be over with. So he leaves out the room. Like he doesn't say anything. He just leaves out the room. And another intentional moment, a lady walk in. Hi, Mallory. Hi, how are you? Blessed. Every time you ask me how I'm doing, I'm blessed. Regardless of the situation, I'm always blessed. And she like, um, so I'm just here for you to sign your surgery papers. Surgery papers? She had doctor said you're having surgery this upcoming. I'm, oh my, he left out. He didn't say anything. She only well, came to me on his scheduler to see if he had anything open. And surprisingly, he do. July the 28th. Mm. I immediately went to my phone and wrote down my eviction date, July the 28th. And um, all I could remember, my sister took me to my appointment that had a surgery. And all I could remember was them, like I had to change my clothes and stuff. And they was willing me into that operating room. And that got to be the scariest thing for you. But the most exciting thing for you, because it's uh, operating room is scary. All them equipment, mm-hmm. you got a TV that sounds like an 80 inch on a wall. There's <laughs> 17 doctors in there. All right. And they're all getting suited and booted. And it's COVID. So I got on the mask and I'm mm-hmm. suited and booted. And they just dancing around me and they slide to this bed and do this. All right. Untie your robe. And do, I'm talking about prepping me. And none of them worry. They got they had music on. I don't know what it was. I started asking, can they turn on gospel? But I'm laying there and I'm not shaking. I'm not nervous, but I want it to be so bad. Like, I want to be scared. I want to be nervous. And I don't know why, because I just felt like that was the norm. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I wasn't normal because I'm like, why am I so calm? Why am I at peace? Why am I relaxed at, at, with it, with all this? And when they uh, switched me from the one bed to the operating little bed, um, I, look, I always looked at the time. Anytime I got to be put to sleep, I look at the time because I be wanting to see if I could remember when I wake up to look at it again and see how long I would sleep. But I uh, I laid there and I looked at the clock and he came and said, uh, all right, we'll see you when you wake up. And my surgeon was just smiling at me. Like you can only, he had on a mask so I could see his mm-hmm. rising up so I can see the smile. Right. And next thing I know, I was asleep. And when I woke up, when I woke up, like you waking up cancer free, you waking up, with a second chance mm-hmm. and to new beginnings. I wish I could describe that feeling, but you know, this whole time I tried to ex- describe everything for you. Mm, but to wake up, like, with a second chance from God, and I'm not deserving of it because I'm not, I, I'm a Christian woman, but I'm the Christian woman that drink every now and again i'm the christian woman that used to fight and curse and smoke and any you name it i've done it why are you giving why do i deserve a second chance like you can't help but to think that you serve a purpose and now my prayer is so much different is god what would you have me to do i'm i'm so different like life is short and to get a second chance at it you can't waste it. You got to mm-hmm. live life to the fullest. You got to live every day like it's your last. And cancer is so uncertain that the thought of it coming back, it's a thought. But God got a plan for me. It's, it's like mm-hmm. God got a plan for me. And this, I had cancer for four months. Like who has cancer for four months? 
four months. It's like, God, I, I know you needed, I don't know who this story is for. I don't know who this testimony is for. And I'm, I, and I'm not trying to make it like it's easy or it was easy, but it wasn't what it would have been. Um, back in, what was it? 2012, was I in Chestnut Hill College? I took a very intense cancer course. I don't know why we had to take this class, but it drove me crazy and I got to see in it. I hated it so bad. I am one person that hate cancer. So my story would have been totally different if it had not been. Mm-hmm. If it had, I'm talking about, I listen to gospel songs differently now. Mm-hmm. Like anytime a pastor, whether it's on a radio, Zoom, TV, if I'm at church, you mention healing and I'm shouting from here to Timbuktu. Like I'm just like, I know God as a healer. If I don't know God as nothing else, I know God as a healer. Mm-hmm. And then I give somebody else a chance to look and see, well, what in the world is she so, you know, because that's what people think sometimes. They're like, she's always smiling or she's always, you know, how, how, how is that possible? And then one day they come across your story and they're like, wow, like she did it. I can do it too. Maybe I'm not going through that. However, you know, my going through it is it going through just like anyone else's and I wanted to give up but I heard her story I see you know how she reacts and things of that nature absolutely um um so that that definitely helps it definitely helps and, and you found out so you found out that you were diagnosed during COVID and you also found out that you were completely free during COVID. So in, in, in a year where every, well, I'm not going to say everybody, when so many are saying, oh, get rid of COVID or, or get rid of 2020 mm. or throw 2020 in the trash. Cause some people were like, oh, I can't wait for 2020. And they're like, well, let's just get into 2021. And I saw a, um, a meme on Instagram just the other day. And it was like, what if you were at your New Year Eve party um, dancing and then you count down and at, you know, Happy New Year, instead of Happy New Year, you heard round two. What would what would that do for you? What would your round two be? You know, since we're so quick to wanna throw something in the trash, what, what would round two of 2020 be like for you? So it's like with you, you know, you, you want about that so many don't. So how does that feel for you? Mm. I have here, like, uh, in my notes of affirmations, while y'all are in the middle of a pandemic, I'm in the middle of a miracle. And that just sums it up. Like, uh, I kind of made that COVID situation that, um, I made it personal. So you got some that had COVID and didn't even know. And then you got some that passed away from it. And I made that my situation. Don't just automatically think death when you hear cancer. Right. Trust God, trust his plan. If it is his will, that's it. And one that uh, kind of hit me as an intentional moment when I, I, I almost got discouraged was pastor um, from Enon. 
he got uh, right right and he was fine he was fine he was just like all right y'all so i'm going to just start uh doing the um the sermons from my house until i can get back in the church but i'm fine i'm okay and then i got a phone call from um to call her a friend would be a uh an understatement like a sister who mom passed away from covid so mm -hmm. i'm just like you know this is the same situation that i'm in like um you can you can have it you can you can die from it it's different um symptoms and i just know that i i knew i had to stay encouraged i knew that the moment i let my guard down i would no longer like have control of the situation i knew that at that point this this cancer would have me and that was not allowed that was a no that was a no for me that was a no and this and it's a no more now and it's a no oh. more period that's it that's that it. is that's, that, that that's that's it wow uh, I hope y'all listening. I know y'all listening, but this is, you know, for whoever is going through whatever, just, just know that there is light uh, at the end of whatever tunnel you might be in. Just, you know, know that if you keep going, if you don't give up, if you, you know, don't, you know, have the woe is me's and, you know, just have faith in whoever you serve um and, and and just let it be that you know lean on those people you know you can lean on um and if you need to listen to this story again uh because i'm going to personally say that there is definitely healing in this story you know healing oh, from absolutely. mental illness healing from cancer healing from you know heart disease whatever it is that a doctor has told you you have you you can come out of it you can come out of um, it for sure so, so with that, what, what message would you provide to anyone um, going through any kind of illness, going through cancers, you know, fighting the fight? What would you say to them? And what would you say to those who are in line to support them? To the ones that are going through, um, to stay encouraged. It is, it, it is, Easier said than done. And even if you're not Christian, because um, everyone, you know, um, isn't Christian and have different faiths and different beliefs, um, you just gotta, you have to stay encouraged and you have to trust. So it's not even as easy as praying, but you have to believe what you're praying for. Mm -hmm. um, make it make sense, you know, don't, and and be, be as real as you can be. Like I said, I didn't come in my room and turn off all the lights and, cut on my gospel music and do the wilt not art. I didn't do any of that. I talked to God. I told him if I was feeling scared, I told him what I wanted and what I didn't want. And again, I ended it, if it is your will, in Jesus name. So I would say to stay encouraged um, and just let people know everybody is different. People don't know what you're going through, how you are um, like, dealing with things and everybody is different um for the for the for the supporters respect their wishes um but did but but also try to be there it's going to be very contradicting because it's going to be i'm cool 
go ahead. But in that same moment, you don't want to be alone because that's when the thoughts come. Mm-hmm. That's when you start the the worrying and the thinking and your mind starts racing. So for the 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 person that's that's the support, um, if you know the person, then you know when they being real or not, and you know what they need, uh, or if it's if there's anything needed. But just just let them know that you're there. Let them know that you can talk to them and be. Don't just be so quick to give advice. Sometimes just be the listener ear. Mm-hmm. Everything don't need a response. Just just be the listener ear. Even if even if they just got to sit on the phone with you and cry, um, just be that listener ear. That's that's excellent advice. Actually, um, can't can't that that can't be prescribed because sometimes people don't know. Sometimes people don't know what to say, and they're like, don't. just don't, don't say nothing. Yeah, just don't say nothing. Just just be there. Mm-hmm. Being near is being near. That's that's that 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 be enough. Right. That be right. enough. Right. Wow. So um before we before we end, is there anything else that we may not have uh talked about that you would want to mention? Mm. To somebody that's um that's listening right now, that's going through. Um, if you know Terry personally, feel free to get my information um, from him. Um, I would love to pray with you. I would love to listen to you. I'd love to meet you. Um, depression is real, mental illness is real. What we going through this 2020 year is real. Um, trust God. God is the best of all planners. God is so intentional. God, if nothing else, if nothing else, remember who you are and whose you are. Remember who you belong to. Remember that is nothing too hard for God. There is nothing too hard for God. What is impossible for man is possible for God, like just feel free to get my information from Terry. If you need to talk, if you need prayer, um, even if you don't want to talk and just need prayer, because I mentioned you by name, I'm not about to pray. Um, I'm mentioning you by name. Um, we gonna go in for sure, for sure. And um, I hope everybody is staying safe. And thanks for listening to my story. Yeah, and there it is, y'all. Her name is Mallory Rawls, and she definitely has a story to tell. Um, like she said, if you want to get in touch with her, I'm not going to put her socials or anything like that in this episode. But if you want to get in touch with her, uh, just, you know, shoot that email to tgharris at beyondthecoffeetable.com and we will make it happen. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got a story to tell how I survived Miss Mallory Rawls. Yes. <laughs> Love you to life. Words of my brother Terry. A message for you haters. Understand me a fit. Adversity reveals genius. Prosperity conceals it. Please believe it. So I'm a spit lyrics up. Keep it believing. And I'ma always be me. I keep it a hundred. I mean it. Adversity reveals genius. Prosperity conceals it. Please believe it. So I'm a spit lyrics up. Keep it believing. And I'ma always be me. I keep it a hundred. I mean If you've enjoyed this episode of Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast, I ask that you just do me a quick favor. I ask that you would 
subscribe to the podcast. I ask that you would tell a friend about the podcast. And I ask that you would leave a comment about this episode, letting me know what you like. And if there was something that you didn't like, hey, let me know that also. And if you want to join the conversation, just go ahead and shoot me a quick email at beyondthecoffeetable at outlook.com. I love you and I appreciate you in real life. Peace.